This is Isaac Hoskin, and you're listening to the Cloud Watcher Uno Podcast. How's your day? My, my day's been good, but the day's been long, but it, it's been a long week and it's only Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> uh, welcome, welcome, Isaac Hoskins to the Cloud Watcher Uno podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, man. No, no, I appreciate you and your music. It's fantastic. 
I'm glad you like it, man. Uh, seriously, it's nice to hear that uh, that people are interested and they enjoy it. Definitely. I mean, well, I mean, what's not to like about the new album, Ben Bender? Honestly, it's fantastic. I'm glad. I'm really glad. I, you know, I've for years I thought I was writing good songs, and <laughs> you know, um, it's nice to finally uh, hear that other people are into it for sure. So, I'm glad you like it. Thank you. Well, I mean, stand standard tracks for me: uh, Panhandle Wind, The Pistol and the Prayer, H Town Turn Around. Uh huh. I mean, yeah. this album seems like it's been made from yesteryear, but but with today's technology. That's kind of what we were going for, you know. I, I'm glad to know that we accomplished that. I, I've always just loved the old school stuff and the old school sound even of recording. But, um, you know, I want to write songs for people who are living today. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just amazing work. I mean, just the production value, your voice. I mean, just the intro to H-Town Turnaround. I mean, did you have the melody first did, did the lyrics come come first uh hey you know i that song sort of came to me on my way to houston i wrote that on on the road in my head so um it obviously the lyrics came first but uh that that guitar part happened very quickly after so Technically, the lyrics came first, but it was it was a pretty quick transition. That song pretty well wrote itself, so I'm I'm glad to have that one because it, it took me a long time to to be okay with writing something fun that that wasn't going to change the world. You know, I wanted to write Tacumsa Valley every time I wrote a song. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I I know the country music is famous for really sad and dark songs. Is it does it go against your nature to write happy songs? <laughs> well, not now so much, but when I first started, uh, yeah, I mean, I I thought that I had to be Towns Van's aunt in order to be yeah. respected by anybody, you know. So, and I love that stuff. That's that's you know, a lot of those writers are the ones that that brought me to um, to the genre and to you know to want to be a part of it, but. Um, as I've gotten older and eased up a little bit, it's not so hard for me to have a good time, too. <laughs> well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a way of having a good time, right? And you're listening to the songs and it's still got a punch. Yeah, yeah, I think that, well, now that, I, now that I've been doing it a while, I, I think that the hard stuff, the real um, emotional trance, I don't know, the songs that are really going to that are going to be the heartstring pullers they they're even that much more dramatic whenever you mix them in with a lot of laughs and some good times and you know i i think that people have a hard time having their emotions beaten up for an hour straight you got to kind of break it up you know so, yeah uh and and i think that they mean that much more uh in comparison to um something that's a little more lighthearted. so it's taken me a while to learn that because I used to just want to sit and ball my eyes out through an entire album. <laughs> well, I mean, but, speaking of that, I mean, you, you 
I mean, it's an absolute classic to me. Uh, concrete life from half empty that that you did in two two thousand and nine. There's yeah. a, this concrete life isn't going to get the best of me. I've, that just stands out. Man, you know, I've that song means a lot to me, and I still feel that way. Um, you know, moving to Texas was a kind of a transition for me uh, culturally and. You know, because I, I grew up in a small farming town in Kansas, and, and the next town was 20 miles away, generally. Uh, so being here, where there's just a lot more people. Yeah. Uh, and I'm 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 in a, a big town that's next to a big city. So, you know, the concrete thing, I think, sort of meant a couple things. You know, concrete being concrete and, and cement, but also um, meaning that your life is got some sort of <clears throat> predetermined destination that you can't do anything about you know that that was another part of that song but i'm glad you like that song i've really gotten a lot of mileage out of it and a lot of people have let me know that it meant something to them far more than anything else i've ever written so i'm glad it meant something definitely to well, somebody it just shows the you know the talent, talent that you've got with words and getting them to create that store, store story, creating that store story in our minds, like like the listeners' minds, because you take us on a journey. Yeah, I mean that's that's the, all the writers, my favorite writers, and the people who are the reason that I do this. Uh, that's what they did, you know, and it. That that's what I fell in love with first was the ability to make something out of nothing and put a person in a in a place and time, um, just by saying some things, you know. So, uh, man, I'm glad to hear that. That I, just to think that someone in the UK has even heard that song is pretty awesome to me. <laughs> definitely is. Definitely is. I'm definitely a fan. Um, and then obviously a question that I have to ask is 2009 was half empty but sell the farm was 2020 what yeah. happened in between well I had a band called the healers that I was doing like a rock rock and roll thing with uh with for a while but to be completely and totally honest with you um I was just an alcoholic man I didn't I didn't do anything I partied and I, you know, yeah. I went to work and, and it just, I just didn't have any real direction at that time. And I'm glad that, that, uh, that I've started to come out of that <laughs> because this is a whole lot more fun to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, it was just a long period of, I, I think I had a lot of growing up to do. Yeah. And I don't think that the songs that I have written now and, 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 and the way that I perform and any of those things would be the way that they are had there not been that hiatus, you know, that little gap. Because I, I think I needed to grow up a lot more than I thought I did uh, when I made Half Empty. And that's not to say I'm not proud of some of those songs. Yeah. But um, ultimately, I just had a lot of living to do because I wanted to write meaningful songs, but I hadn't really had that many life experiences, you know. So, um, I suppose maybe I had to make some problems for myself to overcome in order to <laughs> have something to write about. <laughs> Subconsciously, um, I was creating my own issues. 
Well, in 2020 came along the pandemic. How did that affect the release of the, the album? Well, uh, th that record, Sell the Farm, um, I, I thought about for the longest time holding on to it and not releasing it and yeah. waiting for the pandemic to, to be over with. But to be completely honest with you, that record took so long to put together. I mean, it was over a period of like five years. Wow. And um, I, I just didn't feel like it was very cohesive. But I wanted to get it out. I wanted people to hear the songs that, you know, that were on there. But I, mainly I just, I needed to feel like I was done with that project in order to move on to the next one. I, I kind of, I kind of think that's what my mind frame was, you know. Uh, there are some songs on there that I'm really proud of. And there's some on there that I'm not so proud of. Yeah. Um, so uh, who knows, maybe later on we'll we'll go back and scrub those out of the out of the world and redo them <laughs> who knows and how much of a step change has has it been for you as an artist now this is your third album have you finally got mm -hmm. to the point where you've gone like yeah this is exactly what i imagine when i put pen to the paper 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 and the music and the chords were going go, going in my head mm -hmm. um i think i've gotten a little bit better at illustrating that to musicians and the producers and other people that are going to help me do it. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing that I didn't have early on was the confidence to be able to say, no, this is the song and this is how this goes. And yeah. if you want to be a part of it, great. If not, then I'll find someone who does, you know, um, I was just, I was learning, you know, and I was pretty insecure about that. I don't feel that way anymore. You know, I feel confident in my ability to create art. And I think that's the biggest thing that's happened over the last few years uh, with my, as far as recording process goes. That, and I'm okay with saying I need help. Yeah. You know, calling people that I respect and people that I'm um, admire as artists and as humans, um, man, it's, it's uh, amazing how much easier uh, letting people help uh, is you know I used to think that I had to do everything myself, you know. So, um, in order to be taken seriously, yeah, I thought that I had to write everything, compose everything, record every. You know, I had to I had to do it all. I had to be Trent Reznor or something, or else I wasn't <laughs> a real artist. <laughs> and I don't I don't feel that way anymore. And I'm glad I'm glad that I have gotten over that because. The work we've created and, and, the, and the relationships I've been able to make with, with new people and people that I knew at an arm's length before we started working together, as I wouldn't trade those relationships for anything. So I'm, I'm glad to have those experiences. And what was the process like of making this album and producing this album in the finishing school? It was great. You know, it was... The other two records I made in Denton or near Denton with yeah. friends and people, those are people that I love forever. And I'm, and I learned so much about creating from them, but I needed to get away from home base a little bit to be able to, because in the back of your mind, you're always thinking about, well, this person knew me before I was any good at this, you know? And so 
going somewhere where no one knows who you are and you're a pro the media the minute that you walk in the door yeah it just lends a little bit of confidence to the creative process you know so it was great i mean it was they have a little airbnb right next door that you can stay in and it's an awesome studio it's and it's you wouldn't know it looking from the street that it is a studio it just looks like a house but it's um I, I I completely plan on going back there and making the next record there too because it's a, it's a very comfortable environment. And are the songs that you have got that didn't make it onto this album but might go onto the next one? Uh, well, you know, I've got songs. I've got a bunch of songs that we didn't record. Yeah. But when we went into the finishing school, we had an exact idea of what we were doing because it was on a budget you know i didn't have a whole lot of time or money to be able to spend on things that we may or may not use so we went ahead of time we had decided out of all the demos that i sent to gordy uh he and i decided which ones should be on the record it would go well together and also were just the best songs so um i don't have any like b-sides from that session um I've got a couple, maybe four songs that I recorded before I decided to go and record with Gordy. Yeah. That we may release as like alternate versions. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a version of H-Town Turnaround that's got like a train beat. Oh! And it's, <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of a, it's definitely, it, it's more of a burner. Um, yeah. And and that's fun. So I think once we get everything done here, you know, maybe next year we'll probably release that on Patreon or something like that. Yeah. So that people can hear it as well. That would be fantastic. Now, um, how did you go from producing an album like Ben Bender and then performing that in front of Taylor Sheridan, the genius who has done <laughs> how does that happen how do those worlds collide well um i met taylor and his wife nicole at a gig that i was playing in fort worth texas um in 2019 oh wow so pre-pandemic i had just quit my job and was on going on three months of full-time music and I was playing a gig there, opening up for Jason Hawk Harris. And um, they came in while I was playing. And they apparently had gone to the wrong bar. They were supposed to meet somebody at a different place. And it's the biggest, like the most dumb luck <laughs> I could have ever experienced. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love how the universe was just like, no, go to this bar. Listen mm -hmm. to eyes, eyes, Isaac, because he's going to blow your minds. Yeah, he, you know, it, he refused to leave after that. They figured out they were at the wrong place, and he said, "Well, if they're if they're going to meet us, they need to come here because I'm not leaving now." So that was a huge. I mean, it was surreal, and it has been, you know, but it's been it's been marinating for quite a while. Yeah. Um, so when I finished the new record, Taylor had hired me to play a private party. And I played it for him that night, and he was like, "Done, like this is going in the show." So, yeah, it it's you know it's some it's luck, 
combined with confidence and 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 being able to back it up you know I, i'm really i'm proud of my ability to be able to go okay this opportunity presented itself to me here's what i got and it's it's good you know like I, i'm i feel like i the luck plus preparation you know kind of um com the combination of those two yeah. things um have, have helped me you know and i'm glad that I had people that instilled that in me at, at a younger age, you know. And, Once I got all the partying out of my system. <laughs> <laughs> and correct me if, if I'm wrong, but I don't think they've those songs have dropped yet. No, they haven't. I mean, um, because I, I know because I watched episode one and two, waiting to listen to, to hear <laughs> your voice. It's like he's not on there. Laney Wilson's on there, but you're not on there. Yeah, it's uh, the the first one will be this coming Sunday. Yes. Yeah. That's going to be so, awesome. And episode which, number three. And we, which song is that going to be? It's a song called "Off the Wagon." Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. You know, to be completely honest, that's that's my least favorite song on the record. Yeah. And and for no other reason than it's, you know, for me being a songwriter, I overanalyze it and go, "Oh, well, this is silly or whatever." But yeah. people have fun with it. So, uh it it definitely fits the scene that it's put into. So, um I'm excited. It'll be good. So, um pre prepare the scene for 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 us. Are you are you are you going to be Say sitting down, watching it on 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 some Sunday. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll be at home. I had some people try to set up a party, and I think that they may have a watch party, but I don't. I'm not going to be there. <laughs> I'm going to be at home <laughs> with my wife. Yeah. Um. We'll we'll just watch it at home, and and have our own little celebration, or not. I don't. I haven't seen it, so I don't know what what it could be. The brief, most brief thing you know it could have it could be over in half a second i have no idea i hope not. i hope not. I, I, I definitely hope you get your you know your spot spot like that definitely because <laughs> your your voice and the, 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 the lyrics because i've ever been you know marinating in your music and it's, it's just fantastic to um i just love that word i um just to be able to listen to those lyrics and the melodies and everything and just combine the way that you do do it. Man, I'm flattered. Uh, I'm glad that you enjoy it. Seriously. I, I just, it's just, you know, I, I ultimately, I think it's just a combination of 40 years of obsession. You know, I'm obsessed with, with all kinds of music since I was a little kid. So to be able to and be considered an artist myself is is pretty flattering in itself, you know. But um, to know that like all of those things went into my brain and came out as something different or slightly different, I don't know. I I could sit there and listen to it and tell you all the things I ripped off from other people, <laughs> <laughs> and I would imagine that they could probably do the same. So, yeah. you know, I, it, I think I think uh, I think the word you're looking for is reappropriated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, reimagined. <laughs> yeah, repurposed. I repurposed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we repurposed it. So, um, 
growing up, who was the influence that that, that got got you into music? What was it? Particular artist? What was it? What's it that was the light bulb moment that you thought, yeah, this is what I want 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 to do when I grow up? Oh man. Um, well, the first thing that really drove it home to me was it that this was something that I could do that was attainable. Um, my cousin had taken me to a music festival in Texas called Jack Ingram's Real American Music Festival. And are you familiar with Jack Ingram? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, and, he, you know, at the time, I had never heard of Jack. And this is like 2002. And I went to this festival and had an amazing time. And I saw all these incredible bands that I had never heard of before. And, and you know, just a few hundred miles away from where I was living, there was this whole scene happening. And I was enthralled with it. So I moved to Texas, the, like, the following year. and and started trying to make a go at it, you know, and I had no idea just how much I had to learn, but I think that was a blessing in, in disguise. You know, I, I was too stupid to know that I was really out of my league, <laughs> but it made me work really hard and, and, and try to learn how to, how to be a performer and a writer and all those things. But, you know, I saw James McMurtry for the first time. I saw Hayes Carl for the first time. Um, it was it, it, Hayes played the eleven o'clock a.m. slot. Wow! With a four-piece four band, and and that was the first time I ever heard you know all the songs that are on Flowers and Liquor, those early records. Um, it was it, it proved to me that it was it was something that I could probably do, you know. And uh, so that's when I really really started trying was I, I had a goal, you know. But yeah, I mean Steve Earle is oh my ultimate, you know him and. Springsteen and guys like that, you know, that yeah. um, I, I really connected with early on, for sure. And then I, I can see that you must be a fan of John Prine as well, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, I was, I was, I think I read Steve Earle's biography, and I, he had talked about Prine, I believe, in that book. And so I had made it my my mission to seek out every single person that was mentioned in that book to to like consume all of their art too, you know. And he really spoke to me because it was it's like this very common language, but like a really concise way of conveying an emotion and a place and a you know setting and on all the things that Prime did really well. Um, I loved it because it was. It seemed to be completely free of any kind of pretension at all, and uh, I think that was my favorite thing about it was that it made regular folks feel like they were important, you know, and and they are, of course, you know. So you didn't have to have, you know, this Bruce Dickinson um, pyrotechnic show behind you yeah. in order to put on to put on a show, you know. Well, and, and another artist that, that um, I admire, and I do see some, some similarities in the, the way that you structure your songs, is Blaze Foley. Mm. Yeah, I uh, I came to Blaze Foley uh, pretty late, really, in the game. You know, once again, like I said, I discovered all this stuff after I was you know, out of college or after I had, had left college to come to Texas. But... 
Blaze Foley, I didn't realize it, but that song Clay Pigeons that, that uh, John Prine released on his record, uh, I can't remember the name of the record now. I'll think of it here in a minute. I can see the cover in my head. Um, but it was a song called Clay Pigeons. And yep. I I loved that song and I had no idea that there was that it wasn't a Prine song until I got to looking through the liner notes and I went, okay, who's this guy? And so then I I did a super deep dive on Blaze Foley and, and listened to all those all those tunes too. And then I became a, a huge fan of Gerf Morlicks and and uh, you know, all the things that were around Blaze Foley at the time too. And Lucinda Williams and yeah. that whole scene. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, for sure, I would be lying if I said there wasn't some kind of influence or inspiration behind that as well. Um, he, he's, his thing was, was a lot like prime, but a little bit more wheels off, you know, I think obviously with, have you seen the movie? Did you watch the, yeah. the blaze yeah. film? The, uh, Ethan Hawke, I think was in or directed. I can't remember what it is, but I got to meet Ben, um, Oh, I can't think of Ben's last name right now, but he played Blaze in the movie. Uh, I got to meet him. Hey. Yeah, he he did a little run um, through Texas and maybe elsewhere where he opened for Hayes Carl. So I got to go and, and see that and, and meet that guy. It was cool. Really, really great guy. And, and yes, of course, the music is, is top notch. I, I would like to have known what Blaze could have done had he had he lived longer. You know? He's exactly Mm-hmm. Now, um, here's a question that, that I just specifically asked you to are obviously from Texas. What makes Texas so special? Because you have such amazing artists coming, 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 coming out of Texas. It's just like, is it something in the air? Is it something in the water? <laughs> what is it? Well, I mean, for me, I I moved here because that was a thing. Um, I. I don't know. You know, I think that there's a combination of a lot of things. Um, the majority of people that I know and that I run around with were influenced by Guy Clark and, and that whole era of yeah. Texas music. Um, but, you know, you can, you can take it back to George Jones. George Jones, yeah. Um. I, I don't know other than the fact that people in Texas really, really, really enjoy songs. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, there's a lot of places that you can go and, and play. Um, I don't know how to say it. But it, it. People in other states or a lot of other places mainly want to hear what they've heard before. You know, they yeah. want to be familiar with it. So you're stuck being a cover band guy. You have to, or you don't make a living at it. And trust me, that I've done plenty of that in in Texas as well. Um, I think it takes maybe a little bit more to stand out in Texas because there are so many people that do it. But I think that that ultimately just creates a higher level of competition. You know, people have to really, really get good at what they do uh, to get an audience. You know, so. I don't know why. <laughs> it's hard to say. Um, you know, people from Texas are really, really, really proud of being from Texas. <laughs> so um, maybe that's part of it. Maybe maybe the, the 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 pride in you know living within these arbitrary lines that surround us um, 
have something to do with it. I, I, I don't, I can't tell you. I just, I'm just going to ride the wave. <laughs> I'll just go with it. I, I love it down here. I, I don't see myself moving anytime soon. So Excellent. it's, it's, uh, now, yeah, uh, I can't really explain it. <laughs> the album comes out on Friday. Friday. Um, mm -hmm. Are we going to see you out on stage? Are we going to see you on tour? I I really hope so. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't have really anything booked. Um, I'm I'm kind of hanging on for an agent to see if, if we can get something going for the spring of 2023. I'm confident that we'll be able to do something. Uh, I'll be in, in Arkansas and doing some stuff regionally um, very soon. But as far as like any big long runs, I don't have anything planned right now. Um, I, I would love to say I do, but you know, it's, I've kind of, and truthfully been lazy and been waiting around on Yellowstone to kind of kick the door open for me, you know? So once again, I mean, that's the thing about Texas. There's, there's so many people doing it that yeah, it's, it's pretty hard to like fight your way to the front of the line to get some, catch somebody's eye, you know, because ultimately those club owners are looking for somebody that's going to sell a lot of beer for them and, and sell tickets to get people in the door. Um, early on, you know, for artists at my level, for sure, you know, it's, it's, uh, they want to know that they're not wasting their Saturday night on somebody that's not going to bring anybody into the building, you know, so um, I'm confident that that will happen, but at yeah. this point, no. Yeah. Well, um, I, for one, um, can't wait to see you live on stage. I hope it happens soon. I hope somehow um, I'm putting it out in the universe that somehow you come over to this side of the Atlantic to London because uh -huh. it would be great to see you on stage here. Oh man, I mean that's a dream come true for me. I've I've always wanted to go to Europe and and get paid to do it. I mean, come on, and go to the UK and get paid to do it. You know, it's that's if I can get to see the world and see places like London and and you know anywhere away from here um because of the music that i make that's that's the dream for sure yeah so i it, it, the minute that i find out i'm coming to london i will let you know man Woo <laughs> <laughs> um thank you so so much for taking the time out of your day uh for telling us about you your music it's been Brilliant to, to, to hear you talk about 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 it all. Man, I, I can't thank you enough. Th thanks for telling people about what I do uh, and being interested in it. it. It's it's a blessing for sure to know that that other people there are people willing to take their time to to tell to spread the word. You know, so thank you. I I really appreciate it. Man.